Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are beginning a series. Now, we had normally do semesters here. Everyone knows we do semesters. So when the school year, we go with the universities and we go along with the school districts and when their semester ends and our semester ends and then we go do series in between. But during our semesters, we like to make syllabuses just like you would get in the university or in the college and then we would love for you to follow through. We give extracurricular reading to go deeper in and we truly are have your education in mind when it comes to spiritual growth. How many of you believe that education is a part of growth? It is a big part of growth. So during this series, we're not going to normally take notes, and you can if you'd like to. There will be some things that will be said, but this is a lot more spirit-led in our DNA, and, and we like to have fun with these little series. So we want you to get everything God has for you today and have an open heart, have an open mind, because I believe God wants to bless you. And this series, we are talking about the gift of life. Life is a gift because God gives it to us. Even before you were born into this world, in fact, life begins at conception and to, in our hearts. As a believer, we believe that the moment that you were given the DNA and the life in those embryonic stages of life, God had a plan for you. Even before you were born, back Jeremiah, it was said of him when God spoke to him that before when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and had already ordained you to be a prophet. So we've got three weeks in this series, and we're going to be talking about three individuals that changed history because they were born. It had these three individuals not been influenced and encouraged and trained and raised up for God to use, we wouldn't be here today. So I want you, if you will, turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. This is right here at the birth of Moses. When Moses was born... He had such an interesting story. And it says in verse 1, about this time a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now, those of you who have studied and read this in Exodus understand that there was a genocide. There was... Egyptians that had gone out to kill the baby because of the fear of Israel growing up to overpower the Egyptians. And so during this time, they were going around looking for babies. Very hideous, very troublesome times. And verse 3 says, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made with piperous wood, reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The, 
baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. So you're all imagining what I'm saying, correct? When you read, always look at this and try to get an image because it becomes a movie. So the baby is born. The mother sees as it's a special child. She sensed it spiritually, I believe. Because the baby couldn't do anything but just be a baby. But she had a witness in her spirit, and she, she made a basket. And she put tar on the edges, made it waterproof, and put it in the river. But the sister is standing at a distance watching the baby, her little brother. And the baby stood by at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. But soon Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then the baby's sister approaches, approached the princess and says, the little sister, right, looking off in the distance, sees all of this taking place, and then she timely goes and approaches, and she says, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do. And the princess replied, so the girl went out and called the baby's mother. Went back to get the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, the one who was scared for his life, the one who made the little basin, the one who prayed over him, who saw the gift there, comes back to receive her son. How, how God is that? And she said, verse 9, take the baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother, and I will pay you for your help. Not only did he come back, but she had all the money, all the necessities. I mean, diapers can be expensive, and I know back then they didn't have diapers per se, but there is a lot of details in raising a child. And she covered the full expense and then some. Princess told the baby, I will pay you for your help as well. The woman took her baby home and nursed it. Later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted as her own son, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, she explained, because I lifted him out of water. Amazing story, wouldn't you agree? Moses was a type of Jesus and a type of New Testament church. The things that you look and study about, everything from, from the Old Testament has been a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. And it's an example. But it's amazing how under a new covenant, God established baptism and drew us out of the water too. Today's Baptism Sunday. Today's Baptism Sunday. But there is something wonderful about this story that's significant to you and I. And I really do believe God's going to use this story in his life to talk to us today and learn that every life, every life is a gift. God gave us life to be a blessing to other people. And God 
wants to use you. How many of you believe that? Say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Use me. Now give him a hand clap because he's worthy. No other reason. Because he's just worthy of it. Turn around to somebody and tell them it's going to be good this morning. Get ready. Get ready. Undo your seat belts because we're going to get excited. And you can be seated for a moment. There are people who were born that changed the world because they were given a chance. Some come from homes that were broken. Others come from homes that they were nourished in. The environment for Moses was very, very rough uh, as an infant. It wasn't a safe environment to raise a child. I mean, when you hear of, of, of the tyranny and you read about how Pharaoh commanded that they should take the life of the children I mean, husbands and wives, I'm sure, weren't saying to themselves, you know, right now would be a perfect time for us to raise a family. But they had this child during this time. I think the takeaway from this story, part of that is the fact that regardless of what era you were born in, or what culture you were born in, or what time frame, I mean, we've got different categories now. You know, right now we're dealing with the millennials and Generation X, I think it is. C? Z, Z, Generation Z. I thought it was X. X-Men, I guess I like X-Men. But this, every generation is just simply challenged. Every generation has their trouble and struggle. And I've heard people say this before. I don't think we should have a child. Or maybe we just should have one or two because times are getting so bad. Let me just dismiss that very quickly and say when the hand of God is on you and your family, nothing can stop what God has blessed. And unless we raise children during the time that we are living in now, who is God going to use to lead people out of this culture, lead, lead people out of, of, of what's happening in our world right now because everybody needs God and everybody needs Jesus. That's just our thinking. That's our conviction. That's what we believe. We believe Jesus is the answer. That just that, that ought to be our, four, our, very, our very fundamental belief system to be intact to that one thing. When you know what he did for us, when you know what he has given to us, all because he gave his life for us. See, Jesus, we wouldn't be here had Jesus not been born. And you wouldn't be here had you not been born again. We're going to talk about three men in this series. The first one is Moses. The, sex, the second one is John the Baptist. And the last one is Jesus. But all these men had a role in the history of the church. God chose Moses during a time when, when it wasn't popular and it wasn't a good time to have children, but the hand of God was on him. The mother knew it from his birth, 
and knew it at the first month and the first week within a little space of time, only three months. And she said, there's something special about this boy. I think every parent has the intuition and they have the insight to know how special their children are and what their purposes are and what God has called them to be. I believe that with all of my heart that because children are the heritage of God and they are a gift from God. And when God gave you birth, I believe your parents knew how much destiny you had and the purpose you had. And some of you were trained since you were little. Some of you were raised up in homes that nourished that gift. Others had not. I come from a broken home myself. I lost my father at the age of eight, six, actually, forgive me, at the age of six. I didn't have a father growing up, but I had a mother and I had some brothers and they roughed me up. But then God found me, and he nourished me, and as if it were, put his arms around me. And in my 20s, God developed me and helped me. He really helped me find my purpose. But ultimately, God has a plan. And when somebody puts their life in the hand of God, God begins to lead them and direct them. Moses wasn't led by his mother his whole life, at some point, she had to release him to the Egyptians, into Pharaoh's house, Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine the state of this mother after nursing him, after raising him, the thought process? But remember, instilled within her spirit, she knew that that boy had destiny. So my imagination, because it doesn't tell us what happened during those nursing stages, it doesn't tell us exactly what was said, but if it was me and if it was you and you knew God had a plan for your child and you knew the time would come, you had to release them. I can only imagine that, that Moses' mother would say, you may be in an Egyptian home, but you're not an Egyptian. You're blessed of God. You are an Israelite in your heart. You belong to the Most High God. You're going to do great things in your life. And I bet that you, that mama blessed him and spoke over him and just nourished him. Because sometimes children, they can't understand what you're saying. They won't understand, but they can feel your spirit. And I believe that mama had a spirit of destiny on her for her son. I believe there was a transfer of faith from mama's from mama's heart to the heart of Moses. And when Pharaoh's daughter grabbed him from out of the water and pulled him out and called him Moses, it was part of his destiny. Because the irony of that name is this. Isn't it ironic how God eventually used him and brought Israel to the waters of the Red Sea and brought them out of the waters free from Egypt, free from their sin? just prophetic in every manner of the word concerning the life of Moses. He was born for a reason. Had it not been for Moses, we would not have been given the very foundation, the very structure for the church. The church would not be the church without the proper foundation given by the apostles and the prophets and the psalmists and everyone used by the Spirit of God to give the details of a system. That system was an old covenant. And God used Moses 
to give him the plans to the tabernacle and used Moses to establish the law that would keep people, God's people, in his favor and grace. Now that would all change when Jesus would come. And Jesus was a type of Moses. But Moses was necessary. Moses was a figure that would set the tone for history. Moses felt that in his life. But in Moses' life, he took it into his own hands. So much when he saw an Israelite being abused by an Egyptian, he took the Egyptian's life from him, killed him, murdered him, thinking he was doing the will of God, trying to identify his calling and his purpose and he felt it so strong. He had it since he was a child. He knew he was destined to do something, but he did it his own way, and that's a lesson for us. Because you can feel a purpose in your life and act in your flesh and still miss it. That's why he had to wait, and God didn't dismiss the calling, mind you. God didn't dismiss the calling. God actually prepared him for the calling. Because God would use that moment to begin to mold him and begin to make him. You see, it wasn't until Moses was 80s, in his 80s, until God called him and said, you're ready. You're ready. Moses had to live by himself. Moses had to be separated. Moses lived in exile. Moses didn't have an exciting life for it seemed like for years being a shepherd. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that the process that God takes us through sometimes may not look like a process, but may look like a delay or a denial, or maybe we missed it. But when you have purpose in your life, it doesn't matter how long it takes God to develop you. God is going to get what he put in you, and he will reap that one day from your life. It's all dependent on whether or not you believe you've got a purpose. Whether or not you believe that God can still use you, and even if you feel like you're limited, but you still say, okay, God, let's do this, God will still bless it. <laughs> Moses needed to go through Pharaoh's home. Moses needed to understand the culture he was dealing with. Moses was educated. Moses was smart. He was raised in the Egyptian ways. He was raised in that culture, but he had an Israelite heart. You can still live for God and get educated and still be saved, mind you. You can still go to college and still get educated by this world to adapt to this world. For people who feel like that God has called you, but you can't have any type of education except your Bible and prayer, I believe in that. But sometimes we can get so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. Sometimes we have to relearn ourselves to become relevant to people. Sometimes the church can be so irrelevant that we miss it. I, I wasn't raised in church. I was raised in the nightclub business. I was raised as the owner of a nightclub. We had huge concerts. We had dances. We had, we, we had I, I just, I knew, how to, I knew how to bartend in my teenage years. I'm not proud of it, but I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have a father growing up. 
I was influenced by other kids. My poor mother tried the best she could, and she loved me, loved me dearly, but I was spoiled. The fact is, I, I shouldn't be here. Somehow, some way, I've always felt that God had a higher purpose for me, but I never could put my hand on it. Never could identify it. I just felt it. And I look back on all the years of my personal life like you would look back on your life. For those of you who, for those of you who aren't and weren't raised in church. If you look back, you can recognize, you know what? I, I should have died in that accident. I can give you at least three occasions where I was in a car accident and I should have died. I can give you one where I was kidnapped or trying to be kidnapped from somebody, but a family member interceded for me and caught the man. I can give you another instance where I ran away from home at the age of 15, jumped out a window and ran for my life. I can name another instance where I was shot at by an Uzi gun, but they missed. I can tell you another moment where I was chased. <laughs> I can go on and on, but I shouldn't be here. But you see, Moses shouldn't have been there either. And some of you shouldn't even be here. But you have to recognize you are here because you have a purpose. The life of Moses exemplifies the, the spirit of pioneering. The first one that would raise up, be raised up for something new, that something that had never been done before. God had never, ever done an exodus with millions of his people coming out of Egypt, going through the Red Sea, going through the wilderness, going through and facing the promised land, dealing with giants and dealing with the enemies that were there in that wilderness, in that desert moment in their life, living off of something that just fell out of the sky, living off of water that came out of the flint of a rock. Everything that we look at concerning Moses was... That's what Moses had a problem with, being tongue-tied too. It was miraculous. It was miraculous. If you've ever had a miracle in your life, and you know it was God, and you know you wouldn't be here because of God, then you've got a purpose. You have a purpose. I'm the first pastor in my family. I'm the first pastor in my entire family. There's a spirit of pioneering. There's a pioneer spirit. There are some of you that are here that you're the first family saved in your family. One of them. There are some of you here that are a product of your mom and dad being saved and them training you. Some of you that are here because your grandparents got saved. And, and God raises up Moseses in our lives. God raises up someone among everybody else that would distinguish them for everybody and that would help them. That's why sometimes when you go through something, you can't compare yourself with everybody else because not everybody has the same calling, but everybody has the same purpose. Everybody was meant to be a gift to somebody else and to help them come out of something that they're in bondage to. Moses had to go through something 
and Moses had to deal with the past. Never allow your present life to be dictated by what happened in your past life. Because you will talk yourself out of your purpose and you will hinder the work of God because God wants to use you and God wants to make a way through you. The one point I want to begin with is this. Our lives were meant to make a way for others. This was the life of Moses. But if we're not careful, we'll allow every trial and every incident that was meant to develop us to stunt our growth. Moses did not have the best record. We're not talking about stealing candy from a store. We're not talking about walking out on your dinner bill, not paying for the gas, or even robbing a bank. We are talking about murder. If you were the one to choose a man to lead millions out of Egypt, you and I would not have chose Moses. Wouldn't have. And let me go a little bit further. Moses had trouble even allowing himself to accept it. Let me read you this right here. Exodus 2 and 14. When Moses, after he killed the Egyptian, were trying to break up an argument between two Israelites, the next day, Moses was still going with fervor. Moses didn't stop. He didn't even recognize what he had done wrong until this one moment. Until this one moment. Because Moses was trying to break up the fight between two Israelites the next day and listen to what they said. The man replied, who appointed you to be a prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid. He wasn't afraid before. He had been numb to it. He felt like he had did God's will. He felt like, okay, this resonates with me. This, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to be a, an avenger. Right? I'm going to be that guy, Batman. I'm going to be that guy that's going to go around and no one's going to know my name. I'm going to help people. I, he couldn't identify with it. But until someone pointed out his wrongdoing. And Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And that's what makes the difference. Would you like to know why I believe God allows everyone to find out about your sin? See, we keep on going as long as no one knows, right? We'll keep working, we'll keep singing, we'll keep playing, we'll keep active, we'll keep smiling, as long as no one knows what we did wrong. But until somebody finds out, then you're like, right? Hi. I wonder what they think about me. Oh, God. Everyone knows. No wonder I didn't get invited to the birthday. Right? I knew it. I knew it. Everyone got an invitation to the quinceanera but me. I knew <laughs> something. They heard about it. They know about it. They think they're too good for me. I know how people think. The truth is, everybody's made mistakes. Everyone has failed. 
everyone has sinned. We're the only ones that hold the weight of judgment over us more than God. See, we're living in a different dispensation now where we can say, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and God has forgiven me. But Moses didn't have that because God hadn't given it to him yet. Now, it had been practiced prior by the patriarchs. When you read about the patriarchs, Abraham, Jacob, they all sacrificed. But Moses, he was raised in the Egyptian home. He had to understand the true revelation of it, possibly. But then he had an encounter with God in a mountaintop. And God gave him the tabernacle plans and the system and what it was for. Then he had a revelation about the blood according to what the Bible tells us. Then he understood that there's a system that God has in place. When I do sin, when I do make a mistake. I believe the, 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 the confidence of Moses was a gradual process after he was broken. But you see, most of the time, God has to allow this to happen in your life because we're too proud. And we have too much ego. And we have, and we think a lot, and it's very healthy to, I, I get it. You got to love yourself and love how God made you. And some just love themselves too much. They can't see where they need correction, right? So sometimes when you go through a trial, sometimes it causes you to pray more. And it causes you to have one or two options. You're either going to quit or you're going to keep on living for God. And never give up. When you realize that when God has put a purpose in your life and God has called you and God has destined you, it ought to drive you to have something called never quit. Never quit. Never give up. Never give in. No matter how bad it gets. But the one thing you and I wrestle with, at least me, I'll be honest, let me be the, let me be the, 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 the object of our failure today and our, and our imperfections. I, I will tell you firsthand, it used to bother me and it sometimes bothers me what people think until I get in his presence and knows what he thinks. We are all susceptible to the thought process of what people think or what people know. Have you ever been in a place, a uh, public setting, or have you ever been into, um, been invited to go somewhere and you ran into people who know you, you messed up in the past? Have you ever known anybody that looked at you and all they could remember was what you were in high school to what you are right now and they don't even know that you got saved and you've been forgiven? I am not the person that most people would. I mean, I haven't been to a high school reunion ever. I, I'm just out of the loop. I, I just, I don't know. It's not that I think I'm better. I don't want to go. I just, I never get invited. Maybe they think I didn't graduate. I don't know. Let's invite Bobby. No, he didn't make it. <laughs> I made it. Barely, but I made it. I know I shouldn't be here, but God knows I should. And people, when they see what the Lord has done, not what I have done, but what the Lord has 
done, then they go, hmm, there is a God and maybe there is hope. The reason why God allows us to go through things and people to find out is because the same people that see you fail are the same people that are going to see you succeed. And when you do succeed in your life, they're going to say, to God be all the glory, because there's no way they could have did it on their own. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you see a tortoise on a fence post, somebody put him there. If you see a turtle on a fence post, somebody picked him up and put him there. There are some places in our life we can't reach unless God puts us there. But we can never allow the past and never allow failures and never allow things that we disqualify ourselves with stopping us from making a difference in people's lives because God wants to use us. God wants to make a way through your life. My breakthrough for my life becomes somebody else's breakthrough for their life. You ever notice that about the world we live in right now? When somebody does the impossible and it's done, they said it couldn't be done, it isn't long before other people start doing the same thing. And then they move the marker and there's a higher goal. When Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier, some of you don't know who Chuck Yeager is. The first one to break the sound barrier through the jet flight. It had never been done. But after he did it, everybody started doing it. He said right before he, would, he was in that, in that jet, and he would fly at high speeds. And he would get to the moment where he felt like things were fixing to fall apart. He said the jet just began to rattle. Everything began to shake. Then all of a sudden, there was a sonic boom. And it got calm. That one experience taught engineers and scientists how to manufacture the jets from that point on and what to do. And they, everybody started breaking the sound barrier. You ever notice when one family member gets saved, everybody else starts getting saved? But what if we concentrated on our flaws and imperfection and our weaknesses, and we never allowed ourselves to have a breakthrough? You know that would limit other people? Because we have an excuse for everything. Moses had an excuse for God. Moses said, not me, Lord. The next thing I want to tell you is excuses make a way for someone else. If you don't want to be used by God, it's, your, it's you. It's on you. Because we're good at blaming everybody else for everything, aren't we? Am I the only one? Okay, I'm good at blaming everybody else for everything. Yeah. There have been times I thought I was kind of narcissistic and thought, okay, oh, yeah, don't judge me. Look at your life. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm being honest with you. Oh, my God, did you hear Pastor Bobby's narcissistic? <laughs> you don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are times I feel like I was proud. And, I have to, and thank God for the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost would say, hey, dummy, he was talking to you. I was talking to you. That was meant for you. 
That's what God does. God speaks to us. God convicts us. God helps us. Never allow pride to stop you from seeing your own reflection in God's word and say, I don't, I don't have to fix anything. I'm not the problem. Because if you do that, excuses will make a way for somebody else without you even having to tell God, don't use me, use somebody else. God will find somebody else. Don't worry. You don't want to do it. God will use somebody else. Listen to this. Exodus chapter 4, 10. Listen to what it says. Because God approached Moses and told Moses, I'm going to use you, Moses. I want you. Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been, and I am not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied like Pastor Bobby. <laughs> and my words get tangled, mangled, shangled. I, my cheek angled. My words get mixed up. The words, the Lord, excuse me, again, the Lord asked Moses. Listen to what the Lord said. Who makes a person's mouth? Like we ought to ask ourselves, who gave us a soul? Who gave us desires? Who gives us strength? Who makes the person's mouth? Because Moses couldn't talk right. God said, okay, listen, Moses, I'm the one that designed you. I'm the one who formed you. You used to be dirt. And I'm the one that gave you life. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Moses, I made the body. I know what you need. I can gift you with it at any moment. I'm just asking you, are you willing? Is it not I, the Lord? Now listen to here. You can kind of feel the undertones of God's frustration here. You know, we serve a loving God, but I think God can get frustrated with us sometimes and say, did I not tell you I want to use you? How many years has it been? For Moses, it was 80. And God in his mercy shows up in a burning bush. Isn't God good? In the latter years before he felt like, you know, it's all over and he goes through his whole life only having a past, not a future. And God shows up in a miraculous way. How many of you had a miraculous experience and that's why you're here today? How many of you had someone just come out of the blue and give you a word or, or invited you and then you came to church and God touched you or something happened in your life to catch your attention, to help you recognize how good God is and what he can do for you? We're no different than Moses. We're no different than Moses at all. We just have different experiences. But then God begins to reassure us and tries to tell us, go. Now go and I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you on what to say. Very easy, Moses. I'm going to tell you what to say, and you're going to say it. How many of you want to be a preacher right now? One guy. Would you like to feel like what it's like to be behind the microphone? Would you? Come here. Come on, Moses. Come on, Moses. Come on. Stand up here. It's easy. Hold it. Just hold it. Hold it. Come on, Moses. Come over here. 
I'm going to show you what you say, and you're going to say it. Are you ready? Y'all believe that God can do that? Then God became angry with him. Then God became angry with him. A little bit higher. Then God became angry with him. Then God became angry with him. With Moses. He said, all right. All right. God was telling Moses. God was telling Moses, listen, I'm going to tell you, and you're just going to say it. And God said, what about your brother Aaron? And then God said, what about your brother Aaron? What about your brother Aaron? What about your brother Aaron? The Levite. The Levite. I know he can speak well. I know he can speak well. Now look. Now look. Mira. <laughs> Mira. He's on his way to meet you now. He's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth. Put the words in his mouth. And I will be with both of you. And I will be with both of you. God just used both of us right now. Go sit down, boy. That's it. You know why I chose him? Because he's not going to have an ego and say, oh, my God, God called me to preach. I knew he'd answer my prayer. He didn't even want to step up here. I knew it was safe. Just kidding. God said, I'm going to send Aaron. Aaron, verse 16, will be your spokesman to the people. Tell him what to say, and I will take your, and take your shepherd's staff with you. Now, notice this. Notice this. You just tell Aaron what to say. You see, excuses make a way for somebody else. When you have an excuse and you keep on giving God excuses, you just forfeit it. You forfeit it, not God. You forfeited, we forfeit our opportunity to be used by God. Now, God will still use you because he didn't do away with Moses. He just said, Moses, he's going to be your mouthpiece. But God had to do something with Moses from that point on. And notice this. He said it right here. He said, and take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miracle signs I have shown you. Now, Moses I'm still going to speak to you, and I'm still going to show you. The scripture says that God made his ways known to Moses, but the acts of the children of Israel. In other words, they saw it happen, but Moses knew how it happened. That's in Psalms. What God was trying to tell Moses, I believe, you may have an excuse. I'll still use you, but I'll give somebody else that gift. But I still want to use you. But he said, I think I'm going to have to build your character and help remind you who you are. And it's not by coincidence that you've been a shepherd for all these years. It's not by coincidence. You see, everything you have been through in your life is nothing more than a preparation for God's plan. Moses had been a shepherd his entire exile life. But his exile would lead to an exodus. Because God reminded him. 
take your, take your shepherd's staff. Because you're not going to stop shepherding. You're just going to lead people out this time. But always remember, you're a shepherd. Maybe that was his pacifier. Maybe that was his blanket that he needed because of his insecurities. I don't know. Maybe just a contact of faith for Moses because he lacked faith. I don't know what it was, to be honest with you. But I do know that the shepherd's staff was a symbol of leadership, protection, care, and sacrifice. And Moses would still have to do all that. Even though he could not speak well, he would still have to have the character to lead. And God reminded him, you're not going to stop being a shepherd, Moses. It's because you make excuses. I'll just send you the people that you need to help you fulfill your purpose. What I want to leave you with today is this. Even though we have excuses, if we subtract the leadership from our lives, there'll be no exodus. You still have to lead regardless of our excuses. You still have to try. You still have to know and recognize that like Moses, you were given life to lead other people to Jesus, to life. Moses led Israel out of Egypt. Jesus leads people out of Egypt and brings them to himself to change their life and give them life more abundantly. But there's that one reminder and that one thing that God gives us in our life to keep us focused and help us realize who we really are. For Moses, it was the staff. It was the staff. And don't think for one moment Moses didn't make mistakes out of his emotions at times. Because he still had that underlying issue. Come on, Haley. He still had that underlying issue of anger. I believe we saw a little glimpse of it here, just my opinion. When God told him in the wilderness that one time, you remember, speak to the rock. Moses struck the rock. And that hindered him from going to the promised land. But I want you to recognize this also. Now, I'm saying this to give you some hope and give us some hope to tell you that even if you have leadership, excuses plus leadership will still bring people out. Ultimately, our life is to see our family saved, our children saved. Ultimately, our lives are meant to lead others to Christ. But if you recognize something about Moses' generation... Think about this for one moment. Because Moses had excuses in his character, those people that he led had excuses also. It was shown at Mount Zion. They brought an excuse up. Moses is gone. He left us to die. We have better food. We have nothing. Let's build a golden cat. Excuses. They went to the promised land. 12 went, 10 came back with excuses. 10 came back with excuses. We can't do it. But two, two came back saying it can be done and God used them. And the rest of them couldn't use them. And that whole generation had to stay in the wilderness because of excuses. But God raised somebody else up who believed in this dispensation of grace, God has given us a chance to start over. 
He gives us a chance to rid of the excuses. He gives us the ability to see our weaknesses and gives us the grace to overcome them. It's time to put the excuses aside because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ Jesus. What do you mean all things, Pastor Bobby? You put a definition on all. I could raise my family. I could build a business. I can influence my community. I can reach my goal in my career. I can raise up my children in the fear of God. I can train my family. I can help my family. I can, what is your all? What do you need God to do that you have disqualified yourself and has kept you in the backside of a desert somewhere that even God himself, when he talks to you, we still give him excuses. I'm here to tell you, if you'll step out by faith and rely on Jesus, that the excuses will go out the window and the anointing will come and he will empower you and help you to do what you couldn't do on your own. And the anointing will make a difference and God will begin to manifest himself and lead others to your life that were meant to come out. Here's the call. The call is this. Where are the Moseses that were meant to rise up? Where are the Moses? The tribe of Levi. The priest. Turn to someone and tell them, no more excuses. Let's stand to our feet. Let's make this our prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, use us. We just put everything under the blood and say, Father, we are done with making excuses about not, not, not fulfilling our purpose and our calling. No more God excuses about, and let's just be honest with God right now. This is be very transparent with God and tell them, no more excuses about not coming to church. No more excuses about not praying. No more excuses about, about God not, not reaching out to other people. No more excuses about winning people to you. Well, my life isn't together, God. I don't have it all together. Neither did Moses. Neither did Abraham. Neither did Jacob. Neither did the apostle Paul. Neither did Peter. Neither did any patriarch that God ever used. They just got rid of the excuses. And if they couldn't get rid of it, God would get rid of it by using somebody else. But I'm going to tell you here today, I'm not going to allow somebody else to take my purpose from my life. I'm going to receive everything God has for me. How about you? I don't want God to say, if you don't want to do it, I'll get somebody else. I'll He'll do it. He'll raise up somebody else to do it, but not me. Not me. Say, not me, Lord. Use me. Use me. Make that your prayer right now. Come on, all over the place. If you've not given your life to the Lord Jesus and you've had excuse after excuse after excuse, make this your moment right now and say, Lord, I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. I surrender my spirit. Be my Lord and Savior. Be the Savior of my soul. I surrender my heart to be. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.